Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here today, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless our time in your word, and we ask that you would give us your Holy Spirit so that we would be strengthened and that we would be fed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as I like to do, look back at last week, was there anything that was valuable, anything that stuck with you? Well, it stuck a couple of days. Okay. <laughs> I can't think of it now. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Ron and I both caught on to it. Not what it was. Would it help to see last week's uh, hand up? I think it's still hand These things do kind of linger sometimes. she's thinking one of the things I'm noticing is that I'm reprinting a lot you know week on week mm-hmm. you know you know because I try to have enough content and that content the amount of content that I need is going to vary each week depending upon what happens in the class and in the conversation now recognizing that I'm dealing with adults but also recognizing my own um, capacity for getting things for forgetting things mm-hmm. um, if I were to print these and we didn't finish it, what do you think would be best to like leave that with you or ask you to rip those pages off and then you know I would reassemble the packets or? Just tell us to bring them back. You, would you be okay I with can, that? I keep mm-hmm. mine all week and look at it again. Okay. All right, then, then that's what we'll do. Um, and then I'll just be prepared with some more sheets um, to hand out when we finish whatever we have yeah. in front of us. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm not remembering. All right, fair enough. All right. Well, one of the things that I did remember from last week um, was the question that Ed raised about Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. And uh, that's actually where I'd like for us to start. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll chew on that a little bit, and then we'll get back into Romans chapter 10. All right, so uh, a little bit of the the context around it. We'll go back to uh, verse 15. Um, This is a whole section that's talking about freedom from the law. And uh, Galatians is very confrontational. And one of the confrontations that is recorded here is uh, between Paul and Cephas, who was better known as Peter. And, And Peter had kind of gone back to his uh, more legalistic ways, um, eating kosher, kind of leaving people who are Gentiles off to the side, you know, marginalizing mm-hmm. them, you know, and, uh, and it's in that section that he writes this. Uh, we, we are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And yet, because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith, and then the question is, is it faith of Jesus Christ or faith in Jesus Christ? 
even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. Uh, this was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no human being will be justified. So it's in this, um, this, this context of, okay, are we going to justify ourselves by the things that we do, or are we justified by what Jesus has done? You know, and, and how is that received then? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, it, it's really dealing with the same thing that, that Romans 10, you know, the stuff that we've been reading in Romans mm-hmm. 10 is kind of this, you know, the Jews have been given the law, the Gentiles are now part of this mix. How do we understand this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know that, that whole bit about, um, uh, how did it go? Uh, that, uh, uh, I can testify about them that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, uh, since they are ignorant of the righteousness of God and attempt to establish their own righteousness. It's, it's really very much the same type of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the question, in, you know, in terms of Galatians chapter 2 that, uh, that you raised, as I understand it, okay. uh, and so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, is... There are translations, English translations, that indicate that uh, in verse 16, uh, it should say that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith, the faith of Jesus Christ. But that wasn't the only change. Uh, if you look at that, that, that stuff that I sent you, it actually it, it changes like the whole sentence around a little bit, uh, in a, you know, to, to give it a different sense. So, I wish I brought that with me. Yeah, and I don't have it with me. Yeah. It's, it's in on my desk. Uh, I should have brought it. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so, do you want to talk about that a little bit, or uh, we could? I, I I don't remember what the rest of the quotation was either, but I put it together sort of with some of you know Luther saying, "I am not of my own will capable." Right. Of right. Believing. Right. And did, like I said, there was a thing also kicking around in the back of my head that I felt funny about even putting into words, but it is maybe the concept that the act of belief is itself a work. And, and you had some thoughts about yeah. when it is and when it isn't. Right. Yeah. So but let's... Let's chew on what exactly does the text say. Okay. And then, you know, and, and I'll give a presentation in terms of, of what I've got here, and we'll see if that actually gets at what we want to get to. Yeah. And if not, then let me know. Um, so, first of all, I do think that we need to acknowledge that there are uh, English translations that use both. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, let me say that better, maybe. Some English translations use the one, some English translations use the other. Right both translations are out there you know and they're in reliable good translations um but the solid majority of them do translate it as faith in jesus christ okay um i think it's worth noting that the king james version translates it faith of jesus christ and because of that um i think that anytime we're running into old books Right. which we really ought to read old books and lots of them because they've stood the test of time and you know, yeah. there's good wisdom there. Um, but anytime we run into uh, those old books, we're going to be dealing with that translation. You know, yeah. 
Okay. You know, so uh, that is going to be formative then for other translations that come after. You know, once a template's been set, you know, yeah. people are going to go back and they're going to continue to compare. Yeah. We continue to compare to the King James yeah. Version, right? Even today. And you know, the book in question here, of course, George Herbert. Was, same same he time was period. Ways back, but the, the, that quotation is from the introduction. Mm -hmm. That's why I included the last page because that has the, the date of the introduction. Yeah, which is a lot more recent. Right. So I, I don't know just where what translation came out in what year and all. You know. Well, I mean, King James is what sixteen nineteen something like that. Yeah. You know, which is probably still later than George Herbert. It's it's right in that same type of time period, right? Yeah. I think Herbert is late 1500s. Yeah. You know, and uh, you've got Shakespeare and and yeah. uh, Dunn. Uh, there's a whole bunch of. So I'm thinking Herbert probably would have been working from Latin or something. I don't know what mm -hmm. translation he might have had. Right. But you know, on the one hand, the introduction is. Newer, on the other hand, the introduction is saying, well, here's what Herbert was getting at right. back in 15-whatever when right. he wrote this poem. Right. So it's yep. a little tricky. Yep. I can, I can focus on today's study. I got yelled by, uh, I got yelled by Becca. You what? I got yelled by Becca because of asking my name tag. You're okay. Yeah, she just came up. She's, she All right, All right hold on.
I wonder how much of that we missed. Um, but uh, uh, another part of that is that we, um, oh, uh, we have to have faith in order to receive that. And then, you know, we rejoice that the faith itself is a gift that God gives. Yeah. There's another wording that bedevils me. I just, I guess, take it as meaning I believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. but you find it in what people often refer to as old hymns, although they're not, they're not like plain song from the, you know, Gregorian chant of that, but they're, they're hymns that are sort of an, of an American tradition. And kind of the revivalist type of stuff? Believing on his name. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that even mean? To yeah, because we, we really something? don't talk that way. Yeah, and I just say it there. They're saying they believe in Jesus. Okay, I can <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But that, that did make me think of something from last week, which is completely, well, it's very tangential. So um, there was, I don't remember the, the hymn that we sang, but there's a line in the hymn that says, I would put my hand on Jesus' head. Mm. Um, oh, I remember that. I can't think of what it was either. Was it, is, was it, it not be all the blood, the blood of, of beasts? But yeah. yeah, I think it is. Not yeah. all the blood of beasts. Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Verse 2, there's this image, I would lay my hand on Jesus' head. And do you know what that is? Yeah, I do. I noticed it when we sang it. Because I was like, dang, that's, that is really a picture. Yeah. It's very really personal. Is. And if you t go back to the first chapters of Leviticus. Yeah. Every sacrifice, they were to lay their hand on oh. the sacrifice's head. Mm -hmm. And so it's very much that imagery. You know, so I, I hit that, you know, and we just finished reading Leviticus, suffering through Leviticus. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like, wow. You yeah. Know. yeah. <laughs> that person understood. Some of those old hymns, they really, really preach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so did I did I do the question justice? I think so. I think it's it's a question without a closed end answer. Okay. You're still there's still a horse or a knife mm -hmm. edge that's it, you know, and there are mysteries that we mm -hmm. do not understand. Mm -hmm. And I guess I I have trouble when theologians and such. Try to purport that they do understand. Yeah, like I mean, I do, but you know, <laughs> not really. <laughs> secret knowledge. Uh, yeah, uh, and like I say, I always have trouble with the omnis. You know, what does that yeah. really? No, oh, when you start talking about the nature of God and you know, what yeah. does it mean that He's omnipotent, omniscient, and uh, uh, omnipresent, and, all, and, and, and I always end up at the end of those discussions feeling like, so why doesn't he do something about it? <laughs> and yet part of that answer is he has, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I understand. You, no, I know you but do, but still, just, you know. You know. But it, it, the, in his way? Yes, but I think that, you know, that, that experience is very much reflected in the Psalms. Yeah. You know. Why have you left me? And yeah. Here I am in all this mess. Yeah. yeah. Um, Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? You know, why do the wicked prosper? You yeah. know, and all of these, all of these just... Well, even if you go back to Genesis, you know, mm -hmm. and 
and Lucifer was thrown out and became Satan and all this, but why did God, you know, he's not as powerful as God. Right. Why does God let him do all these things, you know? Yeah, I don't know why does he, the answer is. Yeah, why does he let us do all these things? <laughs> yes. Well, because, because the answer is, uh, like you said, why does the wicked prosper? Well, the wicked prospers with earthly, with earthly, with earthly things which is not the true definition of prosperous or like the true meaning of like being rich. And yeah. that's what God wants to let us know that the true meaning of being rich or like true, the true meaning of being prosperous is the Holy Spirit or the gift that God has given to us. Now, while we are in the earth, yeah. we always get confused because that's what the, that's what the earth feeds up. Yeah. It's the total business. Well, one of my one of my favorite yeah. hymns. And but when we go to, but oh, one thing is for sure, I can guarantee that when we go to the heaven, and God will ask me that, okay, so yeah. how about some joy from earth? You'll be saying that, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's certainly yeah, true. You'll be saying, oh yeah. my gosh. There's one of my favorite what hymns. What was I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. One of my. That's why. That's that's the reason why God didn't answer that. That's the reason why He wants to open up our eyes that which want to pick the mm -hmm. fake joy, the fake gift, or the real joy, the real gift. Yeah. Which already has been given to us. Yeah. yeah. So what's well, his favorite hymn? Yep. Back they cast their nets in Galilee. Okay. Just off the hills of Brown, such happy, peaceful fisher folk before the Lord came down. And then it ends with the last verse, the peace of God, it is no peace, mm. but strife closed in the sod. Christians pray for just one thing, the marvelous peace of God. Yeah. yeah. And in the middle, they're describing the terrible ends that the disciples came to, you know. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and there, that is part of, that, that is a description of our experience of life on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you look at um, Luther's catechism uh, on deliver us from evil, the last line of Luther's explanation is that he'll deliver us from this veil of tears into the glories of heaven. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, and you and I have talked about this in the past. Yeah. You know, veil of tears, there's a lot of good in this. And I'm actually yeah. even gonna talk about that in the sermon, right? Yeah. You know, that there's you know this is still blessed. And yet by comparison this is a veil of tears and you know, we do suffer and there is sorrow, you know, in, in yeah. so much of our experience. You know, we recently that concert that I didn't get to sing in. Yep, yep. It has this, it, there are two requiems. The second one is very different. It's very contemporary, very related to the Korean War and the horrors of war. And a lot of it is dissonant and sort of pounding away. And, and, and the most peaceful section in it is the lacrimosa, the day of tears. Mm. And that's where it starts to bring relief. Yeah. And it's just interesting, you know, that he chose that, you know, the Dies Irae is everything you might expect it to be. <laughs> yeah, the wrath of God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with, the, with the poetry going with it of sudden darkness engulfs us, uh, will light come as quickly, must we accept this dread visitor, we would fight if we but knew how, and then they're going, Dies Irae. And it, it, you know, it just builds an intensity from there. Yeah. I, I had a professor at the seminary who fought in the Korean War, uh, Louis Brighton. 
and man, sometimes he would get going about war and just, you know, talking about the wrath of God and the, yeah. the, the brokenness of humanity, you know, those are important images for us yeah. to, to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, not comfortable ones, but I, I do think that there's a, a utopian uh, flame in all of us that, you know, makes us want to think that we can fix all of this here and, you know, we're going to make it all okay. And yep. I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive for that, but yep. I, I am saying that ultimately yep. Yep. there's a problem and, you know, I have yep. seen the enemy and he is us. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and of course, Screwtape had some questions yes. about that too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, those are big, big, important questions. So, all right. Enough of that. <laughs> all right. Let's jump in and, uh, and we're going to... Um, try to at least get through uh, chapter 10, 6 through 8. Um, and uh, uh, Paul writes, uh, but the righteousness that comes from faith uh, speaks like this. Do not say in your heart who will go up to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will go down into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Now, last time when we talked about this, uh, I think I did introduce that this was from Deuteronomy chapter 30, um, which is the uh, choose life that you may live chapter. You know, today I set before you, you know, uh, good and evil, uh, all those things. And, uh, uh, and so this is very much this idea that God comes to us. And that is, I think that's a really important part of the message of faith. Um, I think it's important for our own humility but I, I also think it's really important when we think about the, the, the question of where is God? Well, he comes to us. What do you see? Little bird. What? Yeah. <laughs> there was one trying to get in church. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was trying to get into church in that Wednesday <laughs> service. Oh, every window. Every window was trying to get in. <laughs> and went to and, the uh, first. There he goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and uh, we saw, uh, I assume it's mate this morning. Uh, we were in the, the sacristy and people were like, oh, look, the bluebird, look, the bluebird. And then another <laughs> one came and I was like, oh, that's Mrs. Bluebird right there. <laughs> so so they have a habit of distracting us. They do, they do. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, kind of like piebald deer, you know, where I'm like, hey, everybody look, you know, so. All right. Um, so this, this idea, you know, when you look at Israel, you know, they, they have all those years in slavery. God hears their cry. He remembers his covenant and he rescues them. He comes to them. But even as he comes to them, uh, he comes, you know, through Moses. He comes, you know, through Aaron. He comes through a preached word. You know, he comes through signs. You know, it, it's... And when he finally does really come to them, you know, when they're at Mount Sinai, they're like, no, we, we, can't, have the, we can't have God speak directly to us. You know, you talk to Moses, and Moses will talk to us. You know, it's just because they're terrified, yeah. you know. Um, and, uh, and yet, you know, here we are all these years later, and God has come to us again, um, but this time he comes in the incarnation and, you know, and in Jesus, he comes in a way that is accessible to us. And it doesn't mean that, you know, the work of God is any less terrible in Jesus, you know, because the idea of him suffering and dying for our sins is truly a terrible thought. Yeah. You know, 
and yet um, it's, it's a different kind of terrible yeah. than what happened at Mount Sinai, or to the Egyptians for that matter. Um, and then if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will, you will be saved. One believes with his heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So this idea um, of salvation, uh, it's, yeah. it's beautiful, it permeates the scriptures. My choir director back in Cleveland Heights wrote a beautiful anthem on that text. Oh yeah? What could I say? It's beautiful. It's, it's one of these things where each four of the four parts is, is a beautiful melody in itself like a, almost a Gregorian chant, but when you put them together, it's these incredibly complex harmonies that could go in and out of the way and resolve. And that's <laughs> I think that idea of beauty is really important. Um, you know, I, I think about that a lot um, as I listen to uh, modern music and as I think about you know, uh, modern entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I think beauty is lacking. You know, we're just kind of drawn to, you know, what is the basest, most common emotions. You know, um, how, how then do we contemplate this idea that we are so loved that God saves us, he gives himself to redeem us and all of those things if we're just constantly filling our ears and our minds with um, kind of the ugliness of the world. Yeah, a great way of distracting. Yeah, the people who constantly have the news on, the 24-hour yeah. news cycle. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because, like, yeah. Where, where do we experience beauty? You know, and uh, I, I think it's really important for us you know, to, to see the, the good things that God has created, but also the the wonderful things that he's done. And I think art is a great way to bring that about, you know, to, to bring that, you know, to us today. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess in the last, you know, two minutes here, <laughs> some beauty. Yeah. We saw the bluebird. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the sun And the sun is shining. Yeah. Right. After the craziness of After the, yeah. yeah, I guess it looks like there was a little timber down out yeah. there. In the yeah, we got a tree that fell down in the parking lot. Yeah. They follow, they follow a great strategy to distract, uh, to distract us because they know that uh, we will be, we'll be spending probably like few hours uh, in our church uh, doing our worship service, doing our prayer service, and then we'll be going out to, the, out to the world. And then they're like, okay, fine. He's going to listen, listen God's word for about one an hour or like two hours. How about I make it? I make a, I make an environment where he's going to where I'll be yakking at his ear 24/7 hour. Yep. I'm going to capture. I'm going to control the radio radio system. I'm going to control the satellite system, the TV system, the internet media, all kind of system. Mm-hmm. And where he's going to go, he's listening to God's word for an hour. Another 23 hours, I am yakking at his <laughs> ear. He's going to come to me no matter what. So that's the strategy, that's a very dirty strategy that they follow. But God 
has sent Jesus Christ as our Savior to protect us yep. from all these kind of yep. creepy things. So two more beautiful things. Make sure you look on the far side of the driveway on the way out. There are uh, daffodils oh, very that good. are blooming. Yeah. And then watch the faith of the, your brothers and sisters in Christ as they receive the Lord's Supper today. Yeah. That is such a lovely thing. You know, yeah. you know, some of them, I mean, you can just really see how deeply moved they yeah. are by that reception of that gift. So, all right, we should wrap this up okay. and uh, I'll, I'll see what we've got in terms of the actual recording, but uh, um, hopefully I can get this posted later for um, okay. anybody who missed. Part of right. it will be there, I just might have to fast forward. So. <laughs>